Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Hey, you know what season it is. It's time for you to protect yourself naturally and supernaturally. Make sure when you go out, make sure you put your mask on, put some gloves on. Spray yourself, take a shower when you get home, take them clothes off. <laughs> Make some babies, I was just kidding. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. What an opportunity it is. I thank you, Father, even in the midst of this um, craziness that is in our world. I thank you for being our protector. Thank you that, Lord, that life is what we speak into our lives. A thousand will fall at our side, 10,000 at our left side, but it will not come near our dwelling. And Father, I thank you for these, your people that are listening to me, that even your power reaches into this camera and touches their body, re renew their minds, causes their spirit to become alive if they're not born again, even causing people to be filled with the spirit. And I rebuke fear in Jesus' name. There is no fear in you that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I thank you for the, it is the anointing that makes the difference. I thank you, Father, for granting to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. I pray, grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. I thank you, Father, for making my tongue of a pen of a ready writer. As I share concerning Christ, our hope in life and death, part four, part three. And I thank you that as we look at the resurrection, I thank you that that resurrection power is available to us now. We access by faith this resurrection power. I thank you for quickening our mortal bodies, causing our minds to be quickened by and renewed by this resurrection power. Thank you that we walk in the newness of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, we're going to dive right into this. We're talking about Christ, our hope in life and death, which is the part three. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. Go ahead and raise your Bible up and say, this is my Bible. Just kidding. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. It says this. Now I will remind you, brothers and sisters of the gospel, I preached that I preached to you, which you receive and which you stand, but which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And it goes on. So we, had, we unpacked those four scriptures. And now it's time for us to look at the resurrection of Christ. So I'll jump down to verse 12, verse, um, chapter 15, verse 12, 1 Corinthians. It says, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can someone, some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? So what was happening here, there were some believers who were preaching against the resurrection of the dead. Um, they believed in the resurrection of Christ, but they denied the resurrection of the dead. The cross is not to be, to be preached alone, right? When we preach the cross of Jesus, if we stop there, we have not complete, completed, completely preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
but we also must preach the resurrection of Christ. Sometimes we only focus on one aspect of our redemption, but to preach the whole counsel of God, we must preach his pro what, what was prophesied in the Old Testament, the promises made from Ma um, Genesis to Malachi, and the promise fulfilled from Matthew to John, and the promise applied from Acts to Revelation. And so we must preach the full counsel of the Word of God, not only his birth, not only his life, not only his death, but also his resurrection. But we don't stop at the resurrection. We must also preach his ascension. We also must preach him been seated at the right hand of the Father. We also must preach his coming back. But not only his coming back, but his reign on the earth. And then the reigns, the reign of the, the saints of God. And so we, we must not only focus on one aspect, but all of the aspects of the redemption that we have in Jesus. We need to be aware of, of all of our redemption. Some at this time only believe, and even now, only believe in the resurrection of Christ, but not the resurrection of the dead. Um, I want to challenge these believers. Some, are, uh, some of these who say that they don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, um, they have not completely rightly divided the word of God. So Jesus' resurrection changed everything. Let's think about it. Jesus' resurrection changed everything. And it even changed the day that we meet, which is Sunday morning. Our meeting on Sunday morning is because of the resurrection. And the earlier saints got together and said, you know what? We want to make a distinction between the Sabbath, which is on a Saturday, and the Lord's Day. The Lord's Day is actually Sunday. And in the future, I'm going to talk about the Lord's Day. Um, as we, we're going to go through scriptures and so forth. Um, Sunday is not the Christian Sabbath. It is actually the Lord's Day. John said it like this. I was in the spirit on the Lord's Day. And the reason why believers are calling Sunday the Lord's Day is because that's the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. And we celebrate every Sunday that we get together, even online, as we celebrate on on this day, Sunday morning, as we celebrate and hear the word of God, sing and worship God and give and honor the Lord through our tithes and our offering, guess what? We are celebrating the Lord's resurrection. So Sunday is not just a regular day, um, but it's a day of gathering of the saints. It's a day where we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the resurrection of Jesus changed everything, including our meeting time. The resurrection changed the cross from a tragedy to a triumph. And so we celebrate that our Christ is not, not only did he die for us, but he was raised for us. Let's go on to the next verse, verse 13. It says this, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. That's interesting that Paul would say that if there, there is no resurrection of the dead, in other words, if we're not to be raised from the dead one day, then Christ didn't really raise, be raised from the dead. The resurrection of Christ proves that our resurrection is near. Our resurrection is rooted in the resurrection of Christ. Let me say that again. Our resurrection is rooted in the resurrection of Christ. One of the fundamentals of the faith, the Christian faith, is the resurrection of the dead. So let's go over to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. I'm going to slow down. I'm getting excited here as we talk about the resurrection. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, 
not laying again a foundation of repentance from the dead, or repentance from dead works, and of faith toward God, and the instructions or the baptisms, the laying of the hands, the resurrection of the dead, and the eternal judgment. So these are the foundational stones of the Christian faith. And I wanted to emphasize where it says the resurrection of the dead. So we believe as Christians that not only was Christ raised from the dead, but we too shall be raised from the dead. Um, go with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. So our resurrection is rooted in the resurrection of, the, of Christ. Christ, our hope in life and death. Let's look at verse 22. Romans chapter 8 verse 22. It says, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in, in the pains of childbirth until now. Do you know the earth is groaning? The earth is crying out for deliverance. Many times people are saying, oh, the earth is waiting for the manifestation of the Son of God. And it says that in the scripture. But it's not talking about there's going to be a specific day in which these sons of God will be recognized by the world. But it's talking about the earthquake yearning for the change. So the resurrection of Christ and the deliverance of us from this body of sin will also be the deliverance of the earth. There's going to be a new earth and a new heaven. And so the, the death, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus not only affected us now, but it also affected the life to come or the world to come. And so the life and the death and resurrection of Jesus purchased a new world for us. And in God, in Christ, God is creating a new humanity for a new world. <laughs> so that's good news. That's the good news of, of, of what we have. That's the hope that we have in Jesus, that, that our life is not only this life, thank God, but it's also our hope goes beyond this life and into eternity. And so there is a new heaven and a new earth waiting for us. And so it's, this scripture tells us that the earth is crying out for deliverance. Verse 23, not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. So this scripture tells us that not only is the earth crying out for deliverance, but our, but our bodies our bodies are crying out. We are desiring something beyond this world. I want you to know that, you know, we get joy from this world, right? We get joy from purchasing new items. We get joy from um, having um, our spouse and having kids and, and, and getting a degree and all these things from working and so forth. But that joy... It goes beyond these, th this natural world. That joy goes beyond that there's something greater. There, that we, there, we're not completely satisfied. I don't know about you, but I've never, even since a little kid, I've never felt completely at home. I never felt completely at home here on the earth because there's something greater waiting. And inside of your heart, you know that there's something greater than now. <laughs> there's something you can have all the money in the world. You can have the life that you dreamed of and, and your vision and, and, and what you have planned for. You can fulfill all your dreams and still not be completely satisfied. You can walk with Jesus on the earth 
and there is definitely a contentment and there is a joy from walking with Jesus. But inside there is something still missing. We are, we are strangers in this world. We're this, don't, don't make this world your home. There, there is something greater, which is to be with the Lord forever. And, and inside of all of believers, we, we are groaning internally for something greater than this world can ever offer. And that is the hope of every Christian. I believe in prosperity. I believe in healing. I believe in protection and sound, soundness of mind. I believe in having heaven on earth. I do. I believe that God wants heaven to be on earth. Elements of heaven, not completely. I mean, in, in that sense, um, I believe that you can have heaven on earth in your marriage, in your singleness, in your raising of your kids and having your, your, your dream job and so forth and fulfilling your, your calling and your potential and your purpose and so forth, maximizing your potential. I believe in all of those things. But even in all of that, there is something greater on the inside of us. That there's, there's a yearning on the inside of every believer and even people in the world that there's something greater and there's something more than this world can ever offer. And even of us fulfilling the God-given purpose, there's something greater, which is, it, which is our deliverance from this life, our deliverance, our, our yearning to be with our Savior and be with our Heavenly Father and to be with the Holy Spirit in full manifestation, walking with the triune God, to be with the saints of God. And this scripture tells us not only is creation yearning, and I believe that, that sometimes we see the manifestation of, of the world, of creation yearning. We see volcanoes, we see hurricanes and tornadoes. I believe the earth is, is there, there's something in the earth that's happening. Wait a minute. You know, the earth it says there's got to be more. If this sin has affected the earth to such a degree, the earth is yearning to be delivered. And likewise, we ourselves are yearning. We're yearning for something more. Uh, even in prayer, we're yearning. There's, there's a groaning inside of us. And this groaning is to be delivered from our bodies the, or the redemption of our bodies. We receive the first fruits of the Spirit. In other words, the Lord gave us the Holy Spirit as the down payment that our redemption will be completed one day. One day we'll have our, our redemption. So as a, as a guarantee that, that that redemption is coming, the Bible says when we see these signs that are happening in the world, right? Earthquakes and, and famine and, 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 and mother rising up against daughter and sons rising up against fathers and, and, and so forth. As we see these things on the earth, don't, don't allow fear to take hold of you. But instead, the Bible tells us to look up for our redemption draws nigh. One day, Jesus is going to crack the sky. And in Titus, it says that Jesus is our blessed hope, our blessed assurance. So you got you to gotta enjoy life. You got to walk, have some joy in this life because Jesus gives us joy that the world can't take away. But you can't be rooted so much in the earth that all there is is the earth <laughs> and all there is is this, this world. Um, I, I want to challenge you not to spend a lot of time watching television or on social media. Be purposeful in your life. Live on purpose. You, you got too much greatness inside of you 
for you to just spend hours upon hours upon hours watching television or even having a career, spending hours upon hours where you miss the moment with your children, where you miss the moment with your family. Life is short and um, the Lord has capped the, 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 the time of man to be 120. So if you're 45, you, you got a short amount of time on the earth. If you're 35, you got a short amount of time on the earth. If you're 25, if you're 15, if you're 18, you got a short amount of time on the earth. And so you want to maximize that. And so don't spend all your time looking at other people's lives on Instagram and even being envy of what they're doing because they're going to have to help be held accountable for their life. I digress. Let's continue. It says that our ourselves we're yearning for this deliverance groaning inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons the redemption of our bodies verse 24 for in this hope we were saved so we got saved by this hope now hope that is seen is not hope for hope for he who hopes for who hopes for what he sees but if we hope for what we do not see we wait for it patiently so this word hope is not the worldly hope or Webster de definition of hope. Hope, Bible hope is confident expectation. We are confidently expecting something greater, which is the return of Christ, which is the redemption of our bodies. When Jesus cracks the sky, the Bible tells us in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. The dead in Christ will rise first. That's the resurrection of the dead. And then we who are alive and remain will be changed and we will receive a resurrection body. The first is the natural, the natural man. Then it's the spiritual. We're going to receive, we have natural bodies, but one day we're going to have spiritual bodies. Even as Jesus with his spiritual body, as he was resurrected from the dead, he was able to walk through walls. <laughs> one day we're going to walk through walls. And guess what? The good news is we're still going to be able to enjoy food because Jesus sat down with the disciples for 40 days and he, he talked and discussed the kingdom of God. So there's going to be some type of food that we can eat in, even in our spiritual bodies. So for so. I hope the earth is groaning and so are we and we patiently await for our redemption to be complete. One day there is going to be a resurrection of the body, whether we, we died before Christ comes or whether we are alive, there's going to be a change, a change that's going to take place. Let's look, go back to 1 Corinthians 14, 15, excuse me, 15. As you can see, I'm excited about this subject as we talk about Christ, our hope in life and death. This resurrection of the body is coming, the resurrection of the dead. Let's look at verse 15. Verse 15 simply says this. It says that we are, <clears throat> excuse me, 14, it says, And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is, is in vain. So if Christ did not be, was, was not raised from the dead, then my proclamation of the gospel is, is in vain, and your faith is in vain. I heard the Clark sisters say, as a little boy, there's a song that they had. It's called, Is My Living in Vain? Is My Sinking? And, and, and Twinkie, who's one of the, 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 the writers of the Clark sisters, wrote, Is My Playing the Organs from all these churches every Sunday? Is that in vain? Think about your life. Is your life in vain? Is your giving in vain? Is your praying in vain? Is your studying the word in vain? If, is, is your working in vain? 
Is your um, witnessing to others in vain? Is your raising children in vain? Is your engagement in, in your grandchildren, is that in vain? Is your life in vain, right? No, of course not, as the Clark sister says. But it, it, up the road in eternal gain. It, our life is not in vain because Christ did, was raised from the dead. And let's go look at verse 16. It says, for, oh, actually 15. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify about God that God, we testify about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. In other words, Paul is saying, if we're not, to, if we're not going to be raised from the dead, then Christ, God did not raise Christ from the dead. So as you can see that our resurrection is rooted in the resurrection of Christ and Christ. The proof that he was raised from the dead is us being raised from the dead. So there is a connection between the resurrection of Christ and the resurrection of the believer. Let's continue. Verse 16, finally. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. Again, Paul is comparing the resurrection of Christ and the resurrection of the believer. So, Christ, if Christ did not, was not raised from the dead, then we ourselves are not going to be raised from the dead. And if, if we're not going to be raised from the dead, then Christ's resurrection is, didn't really happen. Christ's resurrection is the, is the guarantee that our resurrection will actually take place. That's what Paul is saying. He's interchanging the resurrection of Christ and the resurrection of the believer. Let's continue. Verse 17. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are all people most to be most to be pity. This is it's a mouthful. In other words, if Christ didn't get up, then our faith is fake. <laughs> our faith is fake and shallow. And therefore, we're still in our sins. The resurrection of Christ lets us know that our sins have been forgiven. And all those who died in Christ, if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, they are perishable. They, are perish they, they have perished, excuse me. And the, the Bible talks about that if we only have faith in Christ in this life, then we're the most miserable people on the earth. That's what it's saying. If our hope is only in Christ in this life, we're miserable. There, there's a song that I heard when I was a young lad, and it says, if heaven was not promised, right? That, that, something similar to that. If heaven was not promised, you know, I still will serve you and I'll still, you know, praise you. That sounds good to the religious mind, right? If heaven wasn't promised, you know, I still serve you. And, and, and really, that's faulty because Paul is saying, listen, you better believe there is a heaven. You better have faith there is a heaven because otherwise, let's, let's not live a life set apart for God. In other words, let's wild out. <laughs> wild out for me. Let's go wild out for a wild out and sow to our, 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 our flesh. Let's do whatever we want to do. Let's say whatever we want to say. Let's just live the life, right? No, 
Paul says, no, our, our, our hope is not only in this life in Christ, but our hope is in Christ also in our death, in the eternity that awaits us. And so it's not enough just to serve Christ for now, but we're serving Christ for that which is to come. We're in a rehearsal Sunday after Sunday, coming to church. This is we're preparing for a, a greater service, a greater time with the Lord. And this is a rehearsal. Our praying is not in vain. Our, our living is not in vain. But because of the resurrection of Christ, right, our resurrection is guaranteed. So I want to end that. Just for, let us think about this. Let us meditate on the fact that Christ is our hope in life now, right, and also in the future, in our death. Death is upon all of us. Every day that we wake up, we're one closer, we're one day closer to death. We're one moment from death. And as you can see with this virus, many of our loved ones or many of our friends' loved ones have gone on into eternity. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. And today I want to invite you to, to acknowledge your sins and to receive Jesus as your Savior. Notice that I didn't say accept Jesus, but to receive him. Take hold of Jesus with your faith. There, the Bible says that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. If you believe in your heart that God actually raised Christ from the dead. So you can't even be a Christian unless you acknowledge the resurrection of Christ. You believe that Jesus actually lived on the earth, that he lived a sinless life. He died a death. For you and I, for our sins. And what is sin? It's, it's, it's missing the mark. It's doing something opposite than what God says. And that God actually raised him from the dead. That's part of our salvation. That's how we got saved. And because he raised Christ up, he's going to raise you and I up. That's the hope in which we come into the kingdom of God. That our hope is, see, see the thing about it, if I only preach the gospel for here and now, it's not really a gospel. This gospel goes beyond this world. This gospel goes right into eternity and secures our salvation. Our salvation is for here and for later, now and later. So today, receive Christ as your Savior. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died in my place. And I call upon your name and I acknowledge that you are the Lord. I say with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Amen. God bless you. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Grand Cocos, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support,